listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 17th chapter. Jesus said to his disciples, occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender. And if there is repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on an apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Gospel of the Lord. Increase our faith, right? How many times have you said that in your life? I just want more. I just don't get it. Help. Increase, I think it's the most natural thing that somebody would want to ask is just help me. I I want to increase my faith. I want to grow in my faith. Unfortunately, when we talk this way, when we think this way, it, it gets us into this thing of what I call performative Christianity. Performative Christianity is where we think that it's all up to us and we have to move along this pathway to get better and better and better, that it that's about Increasing, getting better, getting stronger, understanding more, becoming better and better and better. It's, it's, it's this trap. Here, let me show you. Let me show you what I mean. Did you know you're going to get a visual aid today? So, so here's, here's what performative Christianity looks like. So if you think about it, the way that we often think about faith is that we think here on the x-axis is faith. And here on the y-axis is time. And this is what we kind of have in our head about what the life of faith is supposed to look like. So you start down here with little faith as a little baby. And then as you go, you just get better and better and better until finally you're up here and you are a super Christian. Woo! You made it. Now you understand all mysteries and understand all, right? And we have this kind of false narrative that this is like what the life and path of faith is supposed to look like. But what does the life of faith actually look like? Doesn't it look a little more like this? Right? Isn't this more what it looks like? 
that it's not so much like this kind of performative act, but really it's just up and down and in and out and all around. And, and the problem is, is if this is what you think it's supposed to look like, and then you're like here, or you're struggling, or you're in pain, you're thinking, well, then I'm messing this up. I'm, I'm really messing this whole thing up. And, and then you, t- you tell yourself, you're off the path, Right? So we have this sense of like performative Christianity is like this sort of like false narrative. And where does it come from? It comes from being good white Americans where we were told if we do enough, if we work enough, we can achieve, we can be succeed. You can do whatever you want. You can become anything that you ever want. It's just not true. I'm 5'9". I'm not going to play for the NBA. I don't care how much I practiced. I don't care how hard I worked. I don't have the gifts. And so does that mean I've failed? I know. This whole sense of success and faith, it's a trap. It's a trap that there isn't, faith isn't about success. In fact, faith, faith itself, well, it's a noun. It's not a noun, excuse me, it's not a noun, it's a verb. It's a verb. It's something we do, not something we have. It's not a possession. It doesn't have volume or mass. It's just a thing. Here, here's a good example of what we mean. Has Jesus, has, when Jesus ever talks about faith in the Bible, for those of you who grew up in the life of faith, who may have heard these stories, you might have heard that Jesus said, you of no faith, what does Jesus say? You of little faith. Or you who understands all mystery and all knowledge, or you seeing that they had much faith. Jesus always talks about faith as little and much. You see, we have it in our head that faith is like a light switch. It's either on or it's off, right? But faith is more like a dimmer where it kind of like does this, right? That it's never really off. It's just there are times when it's bright and there's times when it's dark. So when the disciples come and say, increase our faith, it's logical. I get that. I understand that they want to grow, but it's a trap that we get ourselves into. We um, talk about, um, and we talked about it at Family Life Sunday and about the natural progression of our faith and as it evolves and transforms that we move from authority into partnership. It means that we're looking, going from like uh, parents being the primary place of our, um, our, our understanding to like partners and lovers and friends. And because of that evolution, what we begin to look for is passion. We look for emotional involvement. We look for passion. So one of the traps I see running into a lot of my young adults at, um, when I was serving at Ohio State is that they really wanted to feel God. They wanted to feel that sense. They wanted that to be deep down inside. And so there would be worship services where people would come and say, I want you to really let yourself go. Really involve yourself in the worship. Pour yourself in. Let your heart go. On Servant Tour, we had one of those experiences we went to, we worshiped with a bunch of young adults and, and the leader was saying, I want you to really know God and I want you to pour your heart out. Come on, let the spirit move. And so they did, they swayed and they put their hands up and they said, oh God, you're so, and they fell on their ground and they were on their knees and they're like, oh God, we thank you. And then what happens the next week? The leader says, I want you to really feel this. I want you to really get involved with it. I want you to have your heart poured. I want you to really become invested. I want you to pour the spirit. And so they fell down again and they're on their knees and their hands up again. And what happens the next week? I want you to really feel this. I want you to really do this. I want you to, I want you to fall down. I want you to go. 
And what happens the next week? I want you to feel it. Imagine like every time you came home, your lover was like, oh, it's you. Oh, oh, I can't believe. Oh, thank God you're home. Oh, oh. I'd be like, whoa, I forgot my lunch. That's it. (laughs) Chill, right? And what happens is they get this narrative that if they don't feel it, that somehow God doesn't exist, that somehow God's waiting for them to feel it before God shows up, that God's like, oh, I'm going to, oh, wait, somebody's feeling it. Right? It's faith is not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. Faith, the word for faith, pistis in Greek, the word isn't faith as in like something that we own and have. Faith is just the word trust. It just means to trust. To trust that there's something, to say, I don't know, but I trust that it's true. I trust the word. And so when the disciples come and say, increase our faith, we want to feel it. Jesus says, look, if you had faith this much, the tiniest amount, the faith the size of a mustard seed, that's enough to make a mulberry tree jump into the ocean. You don't need more. More is a trap. Because what happens when you seek more? Then you want more. What happens after that? What happens after that? Do you ever get to the end? Never. It's because we're told that this is somehow performative Christianity, that we have to keep doing it and going for it and coming after. Jesus says, you've missed the point. The point is a little bit is enough. A little bit, a little bit of trust. That's enough. That's enough. I don't, I don't know about you, but hey, Bill, can you grab this for me? Um, I don't know about you, but did, didn't this hurricane just feel like insult to injury? I mean, just, I'm, I'm so tired of hard news. I'm so tired of the hard things. Are, are you with me on this? I'm just, this war in Ukraine is just ridiculous. It, it, it makes, it's megalomania. It, it's, it's destruction at, at its core. It's awful. And to see people that are, that are hurting and rioting in Iran and being harmed because, and, and a woman dying because she didn't wear her headscarf correct. I mean, it just, it just feels wrong, right? Are you with me? And then, and then a hurricane comes, and hurricanes don't have feelings. The hurricane wasn't some force of evil. It was just a storm, a storm. But the amount of pain that comes from that, I, I don't know about you, but it just gets to the point where it's just hard to trust that there's something good. It gets hard to trust that things are going to be okay, and I feel my faith just struggling. I want there to be wholeness and goodness, and man, it gets hard, right? It gets hard to trust. That's why I think it's important, it's so important to remember that the story that we depend on our lives is the story of a cross. The story of a cross is a reminder that God does not avoid the hard things. That God doesn't, is, isn't ignorant of pain. That God hasn't somehow um, 
eschewed around the hard things, but that in the midst of the hardest thing, death, death, we trust that there's a different end of the story. The story of Jesus' death becomes the story of Jesus' resurrection. That the things that we think are the hardest thing, the things that we think, I, I don't know if I can get through this. We remember the cross tells us that at the end of the story, no, there is life at the end of the story. That things don't stop here at the cross. They end with goodness coming and we trust the message. We trust the message that all of the hard things that we're experiencing this day, all of the things that we are really hurting for, that there is going to be an end to this where love and life will win. I trust this because the cross tells me so. When I get like this and my faith starts to get, ugh, and my trust is really hurting, you know what I do? I turn the news off. <laughs> I get off of social media and I pick my head up. Last weekend, I was able to go up into the mountains with some really amazing high school kids. And we were able to talk about who we are as children of God and our gifts and the things that God has granted us and gifted us with. And we spent a weekend laughing and playing and hanging out and singing songs and being in a campfire and roller skating and all sorts of things. And it was like for that little moment, that little moment, I saw how the world was supposed to be. Are you with me? I saw how I saw how the world is supposed to be organized, where people are caring for each other and loving each other. And that, and that there was this gift up on this mountain reminding me that despite all the news, despite all the things harming my trust, there is light and life and love in the world and it's around me all the time. You know what it did? It increased my faith. It increased my trust. It reminded me that there is good news at the end of our stories. There's good news at the end. This week, maybe it's a good week to pick the right time to turn off the news, to turn it off, to get away from social media for a moment, to get away from those things and maybe just go for a walk, lift your head, to look around at the creation and just appreciate the gift of where we live. To see those friends who say, I love you and thank you, thank you. To see people caring for each other. To see, to see, I was walking into Target and a young man held the door open for me and I said, oh, thank you, you didn't have to do that. And he said, no, I wanted to. To see these little bits of life. And maybe, maybe if you pick your head up and turn away just from a moment and set your eyes on these little places where you see love and life winning despite all the chaos in the world, maybe, maybe it will increase your faith. Trust. Trust the good news. Trust when things are at its worst. The tomb is empty. Love and life will win. If you'll pray with me. Lord God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, on paths as yet untrodden through perils unknown. 
Give us faith to go out in good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. In the name of love, whose name is Jesus. Amen.